This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. And welcome to our listeners. Welcome to the Doc and Guru podcast, episode 155. Wow. Doc, can you believe it? The Doc isn't with us uh, today. He's down uh, in Cape Town. Doc, uh, welcome from, from Cape Town. You got your uh, budgie smugglers on down at the beach there? <laughs> hey, Gordon, how's it going, man? Yeah, listen, Gordon, uh, normally, you know, I won't wear that. And certainly today is ice cold. So I'm definitely not going to be wearing my little puff speedo. So that I can promise you. Yes, I'm a bit worried about you. I'm, I'm a bit concerned because... I know that your uh, in the last week's episode of of Doc and Guru, you spoke about your your new position as Liz Truss's personal advisor, and uh, <laughs> well, he's like, that didn't last very long, did it? No, well, you were right, Gordon. I mean, you sent me that meme saying uh, who's who's um, going to last longer than letters or Liz Truss. Well, we know the answer to that one. So yeah, you know, um, but don't worry, I'm still around. I'll uh, I'll be helping the new PM who will be appointed. Well, soon, good luck, Rishi. I, I, I don't know Rishi from a bar of soap, but I wish him luck. I think it's a hell of a tough job uh, uh, to get yeah. into. But back to the purpose of our meeting today. I've got with me one of my long-standing, I was going to say oldest, I can't use that, uh, <laughs> yes. one of my longest-standing colleagues in the media industry, Arabang Makaza, who's the Senior Manager, Media Strategy Planning and Buying at MTN. Arabang, welcome. Thanks for making the time this morning. It's really great to have you here. Thank you for choosing to be with me this morning. No, it's, it's, it's great. I was just trying to reflect back. I mean, am I correct? When you joined Sarchis, was that your, uh, and I'm going back a long mm. way, and I'll leave mm. it up to the discretion the of my delightful guest here <laughs> to uh, fill in the, the, the timeline gaps. Was, was that your first position at Saatchi and Saatchi and Media, or had you, I can't recall, had you come from a media position into Saatchi and Saatchi when I was there as media director? Um, actually, what happened after the AAA, uh, we, I was adopted by 
Universal McKen. Yes, okay. Yes, which was McKen Ericsson at the yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. But then um, Sachi and Sachi had a Pepsi account. You just oh, acquired gosh, it was the, the Pepsi, Pepsi account. We had got Pepsi. And, uh, and you needed, I guess at the time, a young South African or African you know, candidate. And, uh, and I happened to be the one. So I was approached by Anna. Yes. And, uh, and that's how I got to Pepsi. So I was at Saichi's, I mean, I was at McCann's for three months, but um, I had to leave within the three months. I mean, it was so scary when I was told to leave immediately. Yeah. When I resigned because I didn't know that there was anything called conflict of interest. <laughs> so I resigned. <laughs> I resigned and there a box was next to my door and I had to pack and leave immediately. So yeah. um, the next day I went to Saichi's and I, yeah, I can basically say that's when my career started. Well, John, I had forgotten that the Pepsi component, which was a fascinating mm. uh, campaign to be part of the launch of Pepsi into South Africa because mm -hmm. during the apartheid years they hadn't come in. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was really intriguing, Doc, I think you would have loved it as a case study was <clears throat> there was no... Uh, pretensions about being the number one brand and, and and the campaign started help me out if i'm right here it was soweto tembisa and alex i think yes, was, it was yeah. literally those three yeah. because that's all the production would cope with so we had a genuine uh, bottom-up campaign it was, mm. it was really was community-based uh, mm. as a it, campaign i mean even the models we used i mean were people from those townships people from that's the right. locals we didn't go for you know the well-knowns at the time because people needed to resonate and see themselves, you yeah. know, with this brand. So, yeah. And, and of course, you're correct. I mean, uh, the, the entire premise uh, on which we pitched was an empowerment. We didn't have the word empowerment per at se, the but, but they mm. were looking, as you say, for young people that reflected mm. the brand and mm. the brand values mm. in, in Africa. Mm. And they wanted that kind of person mm. working on their account, which I think is is really interesting. It was kind of the forerunner of, of, of empowerment in that regard. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I mean, just looking at the base that came from the AAA, there were very few media strategists, you know, that came out of yes. your hands because um, it was new. It was a new field at the time, yes. you know. So, yeah, I was lucky to be one of those. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're right, actually. Uh, we, we never really succeeded in converting a lot of the AAA graduates into, into agencies, many of them went into media sales, mm. media owners, and, and it's still a challenge. We're not, I don't think we're attracting enough young people in, but we, we'll deal with that in a moment. But I mean, that's going back to, so that would have been post the the referendum, 1992, must have been 93, 94, around about the time of the election. 95. Yeah. So after yeah. the election in 94, that's when mm. Pepsi came in. So 95, uh, at, at the risk of talking about... Uh, about your, uh, uh, sorry, just a technical issue here. This is uh, the Luddite is in charge of the, of the soundboard, <laughs> here, which, is, which is a very alarming thing. So don't push the buttons, Gordon. Just don't push too many buttons. Many, many of our listeners, Doc, have asked, why don't we go on video? Because the, I don't want them no, to see the button no, pushing that's going no, on here. No, no, no. We can barely handle audio. <laughs> we can be, exactly right. So back to Tarabang. So, from there, it's 95, 2005, mm -hmm. mm, etc. Right? So enough of that. But it's been a, a long journey. Why don't you talk a little bit about that journey? Because many of our listeners, I think, are coming in the industry and 
not quite sure what the succession plan is. Where do they go? How, how do you plot your movement? Mm. I mean, and you've had a really rich and varied route through. Just talk a little bit about that journey that's brought you through to where you are at the moment at MTN. You know, uh, as you say, uh, the AAA, there wasn't a lot of uh, media strategists, I mean, that, that have taken it this far. Um, it was something new. Advertising as an industry at the time was something new. Um, and uh, when I found out about it, I was still doing my uh, my degree at this and in social sciences. So I then took a stance to say, let me try this thing. You know, there are not many people, so I'm not going to have that much competition in terms of, you know, uh, being taken in mm. um, as an employee. I then took my time, went to the uh, Commerce East Campus, Vits, went to the Commerce uh, Library, I researched on this. I mean, those days it was books. So I basically went and it looked at uh, career in advertising and it had different disciplines, you know, and I kind of, because I was doing psychology, uh, in social sciences, I kind of mapped myself to these three careers because it was also saying this is the character, this is the personality that you would fit, that would fit paid discipline. So from copywriting to client service to media, and also it told you how far or where your journey could go, you know, if you take a certain discipline. Yeah. So, so for me, media became the one because I saw brand manager is something budget management you know everything that looks after a brand so you yeah. basically look after everything you don't only focus on a certain part of yes. of what you are dealing with um, research uh, budget uh, brand management and but I knew that that was not available in the, in an agency environment mm. but I also understood that I needed to be in that space to understand what I would do when I'm a brand manager, yeah, you know, because yeah. as a brand manager, you have to understand all the, the spheres yeah. of your brand or of, of the all the touch points. And that was my journey. So I started in the agency side and I, I must say I, um, I was hungry. I was young, you know, and, uh, and I was hungry to know what's, what's out there. So for me, um, I could just see this vase with a bouquet of flowers, you know, uh, a bouquet of skills that would land me in a space where I do tend to be one day this brand manager, um, uh, uh, understand what the deliverables would be for me. At the time, I mean, we didn't have any media specialists on the on the client side. So I knew at some point that I would end on the client side. Yes. And I knew that I had to learn everything. So I started at agency. I then went to SABC, did radio sales, but as a, as a strategic planner. So applying all the strategy, uh, 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 a strategy skill or, or experience or yes, learnings yes. from Saatchi's. And, um, and then I moved, I went to client because I saw myself in client. I got an opportunity with Hewlett Packard at the time. And uh, but the opportunity they landed me in a B2B space, so I was in a B2B space, mm. but also doing media, so that was also interesting. Then I went to uh, multi choice, so multi choice DSTV yes. at the time it was a very small bouquet, 
uh, we were sourcing content. So I was in the content development uh, department that also uh, helped me understand the technicalities. How do you bring content? What are the fees? What's happening? So it was more technical, yeah. a different sphere of, of, of what you see just on paper, because I find sometimes you book a campaign and you actually don't understand what happens back end. So you needed to understand the technical uh, the technical expert, uh, uh, um, skill mm. or things that happened, the engineering. You no, know, I think stuff. the yeah. entire thought process the, yeah, in, you know, yeah. uh, from conceptualization mm-hmm. to application, mm-hmm. I think, uh, has been lost on many people, especially if you're hashtag working from home. Yeah, and I think I got bitten by this bug this advertising bug and I felt like mm, I'm getting a bit rusty, you know, I'm not talking ARs anymore, yeah. you know, because I'm in a different department. Yeah. I've just come from B2B. I wasn't talking much of that. It was more verticals, more roadshows, more, uh, you know, those kind of things. And, uh, and I moved then back to agency and I went to inroads and I worked on the, on the government account, they had just gotten the biggest mm-hmm. account, and I set up the media department there uh, with the planners, buyers, basically all the resources, telmas, everything that, that's required to set up a media department. Yeah. And then I left, I felt, okay, I did uh, Africa. So I went to Universal McKenna Gate, I did a stint of Africa, and then went to MTN. Went to multi choice and I'm back at MTN again. And now you're on top of the world. It's quite Doc, long, I'm hey? quite quite keen to to ask one question and I haven't we haven't done that. What tempted you into marketing? I mean, how how did you the good Eastern Cape boy suddenly decide this would be the, the place for, for you? Uh did you also go to the library and read a few books? Or what was your <laughs> well, firstly, uh, Arabang, thanks uh, and welcome. Thanks for, for spending some time with us, you know. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And it's geez, what a journey. And I want to comment on on that because there's so many important points that you make uh, along there with, with lessons for our listeners. Gordon, to answer your question, yeah, you look I and I think we spoke a while ago when you and I there was reversal. Remember, we had the two episodes with Anne on her podcast yes, around uh, well, what attracted us. And, and I mean, for me, it was always the branding, overt branding side of marketing, as opposed to you know the pricing and the scientific side that came much later. But certainly, um, you know, if you looked at a car badge or an airline's tail or a pair of sneakers, or whatever, I was always fascinated by that. And, and that drew me in, you know, long before, you know, some of the terminology of the day now, you know, you're talking, and we'll touch on influences from, from your Pepsi day, which probably wasn't called, they're probably called ambassadors or brand ambassadors. So although the terminology changed, the notion um, for me, Gordon, was always about um, why would somebody buy something with a logo on as opposed to something else? How did you get the value, etc. which later on I found out was brand and brand equity and, and all of those terms. So yeah, I didn't read a book. I just observed people and, uh, and that's how my, my interest grew. But I think, um, Gordon, if I may, Arabang, I just want to make, you know, I've made some notes as you're chatting about you know, some of your points. And I think one of the things you were talking about is finding that space at university, which is almost like a, a bit of the, what is today probably well-known as Blue Ocean Strategy, is finding those under-traded areas. So you made the point that, that you know, the competition wouldn't be that much perhaps to get in. So, so that's quite an interesting observation for, you know, at that stage, a young lady making your way through, you know. So that's quite, a, quite, a, quite an interesting point. Um, and then also, 
I think the point we've made before, Gordon, about a career not necessarily being linear. Now, this is a classic example. If I've looked at, you know, how you've moved and gained each time, you know, client agency back to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, both on the continent as well as MTN. And of course, MTN has got a huge continental presence. So, uh, and then B2B, B2C. And the point there is for our younger listeners out there is don't be scared to try something different. And don't think that everything in life, because very few things works in an, an absolutely linear manner. So thanks for that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you talked about influences. Uh, of course, thinking back to Pepsi, the big uh, personality involved globally was, was Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. And I think we all got excited. We thought maybe <laughs> we'd get to meet him yeah. one day, all yeah. seven foot ten of them or whatever it is. Um, and you talk about sneakers. I, I always remember there were, I think one of the campaigns <laughs> featured yeah. one of Shaquille O'Neal's uh, Nike sneakers. And they were gigantic bloody things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. for me, it was really different. I, I, I just went, you know, down to the pub with my uncle, and uh, that's how I got into media. And asked him, you know, <laughs> could he explain to me what it was all about? And he, he gently sipped at his glass of wine and said, it's, it's all done with mirrors. I was a bit disappointed uh, with that as a response. I was hoping for a bit more detail, but as it transpired, he was right because, and I think if you've read my, my little book of writings, uh, it's all done with mirrors. It's it's about changing the angle, you know. Mm. We all sit with the same database. Mm. The real point of creativity is what you do with the data and how you reflect the the lens and uh, you know, to make that data to yeah. come alive. And I see they're talking about making data come alive. Just to comment this week, of course, we've seen the, the tall fella, Andy Rice, has retired from, from the advertising industry. And uh, we're going to miss him because he was a magical guy for me. In fact, uh, in writing a... Farewell, you know, sort of retirement note to, to Andy. I, I, I call him mm. the Harry Potter mm. of advertising because he has this ability to take the absolutely mundane and turn it into something magical. And I think that's the challenge in media. We sit with incredible information and, and raw data, but how do you make magic out of a set of numbers is the challenge. And speaking of which, you know, and your superpowers, I mean, what are the superpowers that have enabled you to survive? I mean, you talked about ARs and really basic stuff it was mechanical back in in mm. you know in the mm. mid 90s what have you had to do to adapt to this incredible new conversation around things like the metaverse and first party third party data how have you got your head around that i think the the talk about so they're talking about the superpower it's uh, it's curiosity you know i've just always been curious about what else, you know, what else is coming? What else can I learn, especially from a media perspective? And as you can see, my journey has just been, you know, tapping into different spheres because I still would like to see myself as one of the, you know, the next generation from your generation, you know, because obviously we got it from you guys. You handed it over to us. So it is also for us to hand it back, to hand it over to the next generation. And how do you hand it if you don't understand what's coming, you know, and uh, for me, it's that uh, curiosity, resilience, because it's not an easy industry. It changes. It's dynamic. What's cool today is not cool tomorrow. What's working Mm. today is not working tomorrow. You sit with a lot of data. Some strategies work in time, some don't work in time. So it's, uh, it's just that resilience, adrenaline, always wanting to know how you can do things differently and always on your toes because you don't know what's coming. And it, it really keeps you going. And, uh, and I think maybe that's mm. my personality. 
but yeah. But I remember you as, as and that's a good word you've chosen because I always remember you. You were always asking questions. You were a, a tidal wave of questions, really? as I recall it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, but you raise an interesting point, yeah, Doc. I mean, I think there's a difference between handing over the baton, so uh-huh. to speak, mm. and just mm. dropping it, you know, somewhere near the next runner. And and I'm a bit concerned, you know, that we're uh, we're dropping the baton rather than handing it over mm-hmm. at the moment. So mm-hmm. I have high hopes for the third iteration of the Mac Transformation Charter, but I'm yet to hear a single word out of them. So. Mm. I hope my, my, my hopes haven't been uh, misplaced. I think um, just, just on handing over that bait and, and understanding, as you say, how do we keep, how do I keep abreast or how, how do I then make sure that I understand, mm. uh, the, I'll say, the online digital world is because I'm also trying to prepare myself to be able to understand what Gen Z mm. would be expecting from me mm. uh, and what I can learn from them because those are the guys that are, we can, I guess, term or uh, uh, we can term uh, yeah. digital natives, you know, yes, yes. because that's all they know. Yeah. But uh, mm. how do I then prepare myself to relate at the same yeah. time, be able to, you know, to walk the journey that they can still look up to, to me yes. because I have, I have that experience yeah. before and after. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. It's an interesting yeah. point. No, yeah, Doc. I think, sorry, Gordon, if I can just come in here, Arabang. Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, just using the analogy of the battle in the relay, both parties must want to play their role. You know what I mean? In other words, what I'm saying is that as you're running towards the next runner, probably, and handing over that battle, with your skills and you make the point of staying hungry and curious, all those great things. The recipient, though, must also upskill and get themselves to the point. And I think, Gordon, we've touched on some of that in the past as well, around agility also from younger people. You know, younger people are having had that hunger all the rest of it and not just expecting that things are going to be easier or easy, but take the baton and run your particular leg. Now, you know, just using athletics, on those on on a four by one hundred, those run those legs are very different. You know, they're the same distance, but they run very differently. You know, there's the start, there's the bend, there's and then of course the person who brings it home. So so what I'm saying is it's important for everyone to understand where they are in the cycle of of, of their own career and for that matter media, and then be able to prepare and have the technical skill to run the bend or close it out or run the back straight or whatever the case may be. So I don't want to hog it, but uh, that certainly for me is important. Both parties being willing and able to take hand over and then hold on and take the baton. Yeah, I think you raise a really good point there, Doc. I mean, the, the, in a relay, uh, uh, the recipient has an equally important role as the guy who's handing the baton over, which I think that that's an important observation. And I can just share something. I, I, I was fortunate enough to go to the uh, Barcelona Olympics and even more fortunate to be sitting on the bend where Carl Lewis took the final baton. I mean, he was 20 meters away from me. And, mm-hmm. and I've never seen anything more breathtaking in my life than, than Carl Lewis in full flight. It was glorious. But yeah. now that you mentioned, what struck me at the time was the intensity of his concentration. Mm-hmm. As he was waiting for, for that baton to come in his direction, he wasn't being Carl Lewis and entertaining the crowd. He was completely in the in the zone. And I think that's that's a really important observation. 
But coming back to being in the zone um, and and this now this new kind of fusion, you know, traditional media, legacy media mm-hmm. seems to be the preferred term these days, and the digital landscape. Uh, I'm an avid listener to Times Radio, and I, somebody is advertising uh, you know, the importance of the metaverse right now, and they made an observation that the metaverse might not be real, but the benefits mm-hmm. will be. And I thought that was an extraordinary thing. So. How have you managed at MTN to balance this kind of full funnel mix? I mean, you're very active on the sponsorship front, MTN, but there's a holistic kind of mix of communication. And Doc, I'm going to love that one at you as well because I know Cell sees your alma mater. How do you, how do you in, in, the, in the telcos look at balancing this, the, the kind of act between the really new stuff, the future, the metaverse, and the, the thought that somewhere along the line you've got to put up a billboard or a digital billboard? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, I think we come from uh, that traditional media space, right? And you want to you want to fuse it and, and kind of make it the, your media mix has to now become relevant. Yes. Okay, and uh, I'll touch on the sponsorship. So, in terms of your media mix, I think the most important thing is to understand why or certain roles of each media. So how we do it in, 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 in my space, I'll say MTN without sounding like I'm speaking on behalf of MTN. But it is uh, more, I'd say we tier the campaigns, categorize mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. campaigns. And there are those campaigns that, you know, uh, let's say the tier one campaign, offline, online, on the ground, mm. every touch point has to be part of that campaign. And it goes down to the obviously the tiers where a campaign or, or any comms would have to maybe speak to a certain uh, uh, maybe digital and radio mm, or mm. digital only because mm. it is the life cycle of that particular proposition maybe yes. or product within within what you are doing. However, in that coming back to sponsorship, there's more in the ecosystem that you that you have to tap into. Okay. Uh, be it ecosystem internally, digital online, home, I mean, um, in terms of uh, content internally that we have, not, not, not the website in terms of uh, uh, what you'd do programmatically on, on, uh, off this, on, uh, off as in uh, paid, mm. but it's what you do on end, right? Yeah. But I'm talking to the ecosystem, every touch point, what is available within our system, CVM, uh, what you call digital services, that's where the content sits. You know, that's where your, 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 your digital content sits. And then you have, uh, you have then what you get out of the agency, yeah, uh, yeah. out to, to PhD and, and, and also and, and, and OMD in this case. And also when they do the straight, we always have to touch on everything. Make sure that you've touched on all the points in that way. There is, there'll always be that fusion. Yeah. There are also, there's also thinking that um, there are strategies where you have to start online. So gone are the days where you're just going to start thinking TV. In the past, mm. everything had to have a, a film mm. to work. Mm. Mm. These days, TV is actually online. So it does, it can also be online through the streaming, yeah. through VODs, and you don't have to always have a a broadcast yeah. as in TV broadcast. Yeah. So digital is kind of fused in everything that we do. Um, and, and, and the thinking when you do your media straight has to move away from approaching digital in a traditional way. 
you know, because mm. sometimes you approach digital with a traditional cap on. And, and it requires a different frame of mind because it behaves differently and it speaks to different people because they, you're talking content as much as you broadcast. That's you an know. interesting comment. And, Doc, I'm going to come back to you now because I know you're an old media water juggler of note. You know, I'm quite keen to know how you kept the, uh, all the water balls in the air uh, at South Sea. But don't do digital in a traditional way. And I think we can flip that coin as well and say don't do traditional in a digital way. Each one of them requires uh, a different mindset, and, and you've got to kind of figure out with the fusion zone as to mm-hmm. how you get the two of them working together. Mm-hmm. Doc, how did you balance the, uh, the scorecard there? I mean, Celsi, you were big on sponsorship, but there was a lot of attention to digital on uh, to, to detail on the digital stuff as well. Yeah, absolutely, Gordon. I mean, certainly uh, not in, in, in fairness to, to both Celsi and, and certainly not in the same level as NTN. I mean, they're just massive and and, and Congratulations to all the great work that they do and continue to do. But absolutely, you know, I mean, we, and it's that old cliche of digital first and understanding it. But I mean, if I look at some of the work uh, that has come across a lot of brands of late, it's the talking to the fan, you know, that fly on the wall, Gordon, almost mm. if you were in the locker room. How do you, you know, how do you see, what do you see about uh, about your particular team and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think, um, so for me, that was where a big change happened for us a while ago, and I'm sure it'll only accelerate, is understanding your segments within segments and understanding your customers and trying to give them something beyond 90 minutes of football or 80 minutes of rugby or whatever. That's the part you know, I can buy a ticket for. So I think for me, digital was about adding a different lens uh, and giving somebody something they, they perhaps wouldn't be able to see under normal circumstances. And I think that's the thing. But also, everything, I just want to, you know, just slightly away from sponsorship. And I just want to make a point and say, well done again, to last year when MTN took all of the money uh, and put it into the COVID effort. You know, if you look at the Wear It For Me campaign and then the one more time, the follow-up across across Africa. I mean, wonderful, um, a big, bold initiative, Gordon, taking all your media money away from everything else and sticking it into, you know, obviously what was at that stage, uh, you know, a global, a global pandemic. So well done. Thank you. All right. Well, just as we sort of approach kind of wrap-up time, um, I, I want to just bring the conversation back a little bit, Arabang, on, on the issue we discussed to a degree earlier. Um, and to Doug's point, you know, are recipients um, playing their role in, 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 in being prepared to, to pick up the baton? Transformation is a big uh, issue in the industry, and, and I think you you are because you've been in for for quite a length of time, in a good position to to judge where we were, where we are. If you put it on a scorecard of ten, mm. how much progress have we made since you know the mid nineties um, to where we are now? That's you know, sort of a long time later. Um, on a score of ten, are we a one, a ten, a five, a six, a six? I think. I mean, that's that's actually my passion point. You know, um, I always say to people, I think I've run the race. I'm not the best, you know, but I think I've kind of done the best I could by grasping and, and, and learning as much as I can from what the industry has to offer from different spheres. But I still feel like hand giving all, basically giving to someone, handing this thing over, mm. you know, doing exactly what I keep saying your generation did for us. We didn't know anything about this industry. We didn't know anything about advertising. But 
um, Masa at the time. It was yes. not Amasa. It yeah. was Masa Still at Masa the time. Yeah. Did uh, did make an effort to go out there and expose people like us to an industry and kind of show us what's available, wait the appetite, see if there's any interest, mm. and, and and get people there. And that is the only way I think we need to transform the industry. And I think it 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 ended there. It ended with us, and I think it's us that need to hand it over. We need to give back. We need to mentor. It's just then, I guess, from our generation, how do you do it? Because in most cases, as you say, people come in. They come from some people come from sales. I know someone who used to sell DSTV decoders, mm. but now they are in media because it's just sales. But it it has nothing to do with the with the industry technicalities across the board. So you yeah. need to be somebody who can have a view across mm. all media touch points, all channels, understand what's happening. It's not even about the jargon. It's about how the media mix works together. So I think for me, that transformation begins with, uh, with us that are already there. It's all about education, 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 and grow the youth. I mean, we can also learn from, um, to be able to even export, if we can, export our skills. Mm. We look at countries, I mean, markets like, um, look at India, for example. The skills that are coming out of India, I mean, technology, IT skills, we export them and we work virtually. And we don't have to leave your market or your, in this case, you don't have to leave South Africa to work in the UK. I guess you can work from here if you have the best skill. And I don't think South Africa, as in us, we've done enough in the media space to do that, that we can be able to upskill or even teach the upcoming ones to, you know, to take the baton to the next level. Because now we are in a space where these digital natives need to, 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 to understand what's happening across the board, UK, yeah. America, in, in fact, globally. So that we are able to work. Yes, understanding that the nuances will be there, but let's be able to share the research. Let's be able to learn from one another the skills so that we are at that level. Which I think is a wonderful point to to kind of start wrapping up the conversation because what's happening around the world, if, if we look at the big picture from World Federation of Advertisers and WALK, and Walk in particular uh, produces mm. a, a study every year called uh, The Future of Strategy. Mm-hmm. In this year's report, it's intriguing that 49% of, of strategists around the world who were interviewed have indicated that the biggest opportunity for them lies in going what they're calling upstream. Mm. Further upstream, um, and you go upstream to create downstream solutions, which was the phrase that kind of stuck in my mind. But it's bringing me back almost to the point of, of your initial uh, description of yourself as being inquisitive. Mm. You, if the solution you know, or, or the future for you as a strategist lies upstream, then you have to broaden your lens. It's not enough to know how to work the numbers and play around with reach and frequency and all that and GRPs and CPMs and that kind of thing. You've got to get upstream and understand that media is a component of marketing. Doc, just a quick question to you then. I mean, you know, and I know you always work very closely and we're very intimately involved in, in your media relationships uh, with, with your agencies. I mean, is if I want to go upstream, you know, what do I have to offer you as a client? I mean, at, at what point do you recognize that Gordon's got something to offer me upstream? And at what point do you say, listen, 
You churn the numbers, leave the upstream to me. Yeah, I think, Gordon, for me, for me it's, it's about, you know, the value that everybody in the room can bring. And, and I think it took us, you know, I don't want this to sound like it was always a perfect beating. In fact, it was far from that. But over time, you know, you get to realize that some people are far more than their job description. You know what I mean? So they've got a view on other things. So uh, as long as, and I think you, you've made the point before, you have a qualified opinion, not just an opinion. So what we would do over time is listen to people who would say, listen, I've got a different type of idea that may or may not work. And sometimes it didn't, sometimes it didn't. But I think that was what I tried to engender, uh, Gordon, was a culture where people could feel they didn't have to just play their particular role, as long as obviously it was thought to and, and, and it had some merit, you know. So for me, that was about, um, and we, of course, we didn't call it upstream, downstream. We just called it, you know, adding to, you know, adding value adding to the value, campaign you know. in, in whichever yeah. shape, yeah. you know, and whether it was a creative guy saying, listen, can we consider a different piece of media or the other way around? Yeah. Um, I was open to that. So, Final wrap-up then, I'm, I'm going to leave you to, to comment. As you reflect now on, on what we've discussed, what advice would you have for, for young people coming into the media industry? How do they uh, find somebody who's got a baton <laughs> that can be passed on to them? Um, just how do they build you know, the building blocks of being inquisitive? Where, where do they start and, and what do they need to do to make those Lego blocks build into, into something special over over a over mm. a, a lifetime? I think first is to understand what you want to do. You know, I mean, like I say, I landed in uh, media was my way to brand marketing, but I love media. I don't want to be a brand manager. That, that I think I made the right choice. So you kind of have to understand where you want to be. Have direction first. Mm. And I think if you have that direction, as you start getting your hands dirty, whichever way, you will find the coordinates to get to where you want to be, mm -hmm. you know, to your destination. And you will find what takes you, what can take you where, when is a point where you need to upskill yourself, go back to school, just don't land yeah. with that certificate yeah. that you got for media. Um, also understand that there, it's an art and a science. There's certain things that you need to understand outside the, 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 your, you know, the, the tools that you use insights understand the market audiences who is that i think it's just start with understanding the consumer and and be passionate about that mm, mm. be passionate about really always clicking and resonating because that that's going to give you your strength yeah. and understand that it's an art it's a science it's 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 not an, a, a a straightforward thing it's not yeah. like a nine to five today is not the same as yesterday because yeah. you are always on a journey so um, adrenaline is required yep. because you never know what's going to turn at your desk. So uh, what's going to be on your desk the next day because something has happened. Uh, coming back to the Wear It For Me campaign, I mean, who knew there was going to be COVID? Yes, yes. Who knew mm. that we were all going to be working from home and cutting our budgets and making things work, you know, and, and making sure that you apply your nuanced uh, strategy in South Africa versus maybe Nigeria or Kenya or others. So, um, and, and it keeps you, you must just always be on your, I guess, yeah. toes. And, Keep and, on your toes. And, yeah. and uh, the late Gordon Patterson always said the one thing he 
he wouldn't forgive was a lack of passion. Everything mm. else was negotiable, but the lack of passion mm. was, was unforgivable. That's what so being means. passionate and getting your hands dirty. And Doc, I think that's a good wrap-up point. You're about to, to head off to the beach down in Cape Town. Get your hands dirty. If you have a little <laughs> bucket and spade. <laughs> now, Gordon, you didn't actually ask me why I'm really in Cape Town. I mean, you just assumed I'm off at the beach. I mean, aren't you even vaguely curious? Are you, curiosity? are you at Pembro? Because then I'm going to really be annoyed with you. No, I'm not, Gordon. I'm actually working with Art Matthews from Just Ginger, um, oh. you know, the artist. Um, and he's now gone and bought a boat and wants to sail the Cape to Rio. So I'm working with Art at putting together what started off as a crazy dream into a marketing plan and a sponsorship seat and all the rest of it. So that's actually what I'm doing. So I'm close to the water, but not in my budget smuggler and certainly not in the, the, the cold Cape Town water. Well, I think that sounds absolutely fascinating. Uh, Cape Taria used to be uh, a most remarkable kind of event, and somehow we've lost the magic on that one. I don't know, somehow, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. When, when, when was the last Cape Taria? Uh, yeah, I think just before COVID, Gordon. It was, okay. So tell you why, okay. because it's the, 50th, it's the 50th anniversary of the Cape Taria next year in Jan, and that's why Art wants to enter. The, the interesting story, and I mean, again, I don't want to go into the detail, we can share that if our listeners I are interested. It's a, it's, a 50, it's a 50 year old boat sailing in the 50th year of the Cape Tourier. So, But again, it's about media, media fragmentation, Gordon. You know, when we watched the Cape Tourier, we watched Bruce Fordyce win the Comrades and yeah. we watched Ball play Connors. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know who played in the final of Wimbledon this year. I can't tell you. Not because it was bad. Yeah. They probably played better tennis, but because of media. And, and Arabian, you'll agree. I mean, how do you get the, the concentration and the attention of people? So, yeah, Gordon, a topic for another day. But, uh, Ruben, from my side, thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate the chat. Thank you for your time, Doc. Ruben, thanks a lot for being here and making the time again really worthwhile. And uh, from uh, the Cape to Rio yacht sailing off <laughs> 50 years ago, from this 70-year-old yacht sailing into the sunset, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, Thanks for joining in and uh, let's keep talking. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Muller, the guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. You can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.